ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله على نعمه الاسلام والسنه حدثني جماعه من الشيوخ باسناد كل الى سفيان بن عيينه عن عمرو بن دينار عن ابي قابوس مولى عبد الله بن عمرو عن عبد الله بن عمرو بن عاص رضي الله تعالى عنهما انه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الرحمون يرحمهم الرحمن ارحموا من في الارض يرحمكم من في السماء the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم mentioned in this tremendous hadith the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentioned in this tremendous hadith what translated means and those who are merciful they will be shown mercy by the most merciful be merciful to those who are in the earth and the one who is above the heavens he will show you mercy وقال العلماء ذلك بان العلم رحمه غايته رحمه في الدنيا ونتيجته عفوا نتيجته رحمه في الدنيا وغايته رحمه في الاخره that the results of knowledge is mercy in this world and the ultimate goal of knowledge is mercy in the hereafter we have reached the next hadith in the 40 hadith of imam an-nawawi and this is the hadith an abi amr waqila Abi Amrah Sufyan bin Abdullah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu is on the authority of Abu Amr and it has been said that is actually his kunya was Abu Amrah Sufyan bin Abdullah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qal he said qultu i said ya rasulullah O messenger of Allah qul li fil islam qawlan 
لا أسأل عنه أحدا غيرك That O Messenger of Allah Tell me a statement in Islam In which I will not have to ask anyone Other than you That I will not have to ask anyone other than you فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم He responded to him and he said قُلْ قُلْ آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقِمْ He said Then say I believe in Allah And then become upright حديث صحيح رواه مسلم This hadith is tremendous and is from جوامي الكلم it is tremendous and it is from those short expressions that carry very extensive and vast meanings. I ask that every listener they contemplate over the meaning of this hadith first and foremost as relates to themselves and then I want them to contemplate and to reflect upon the state of their families and how this hadith will have an impact upon their families and I want them to reflect upon the reality of what is needed to establish this hadith as relates to their progeny Qala Qala muhaddith al-Madina al-Madina the muhaddith of المدينة الشيخ عبد المحسن العباد البدر حفظه الله تعالى he mentions he says أصحاب الرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أشد الناس حرصا على معرفة الدين he said that the companions of the messenger of Allah the companions of the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم ورضي الله تعالى عنهم they were the most vigilant of the people as relates to learning about their deen. About learning about their religion. They, they had the most energy. They were the most enthusiastic. They were the most vigorous in learning about their religion. So they will take every opportunity to learn about their religion. And to question and to ask the Prophet ﷺ about those affairs that benefited them inside of their deen so they can learn about their deen. And this is seen here in the question of Sufyan bin Abdullah anhu. Also, the Shaykh he mentions and he extracts an extremely beneficial and outstanding benefit that has reaching implications and that is the shaykh he mentions he says and they they have beaten everyone to every good they were the first to to reach every good and this is the reality as the statement of the ulama they mentioned when refuting the people of innovation and the people of desires when refuting those things in which they are upon from strange and new innovative statements and the like, the ulama they mention, لو كان فيه خيرا أسبقونا إليه. 
that if there had been in this any type of good, then the Sahaba would have beaten us in doing it. Then the Sahaba, they would have beaten us in doing it. And this is important for us to reflect on, especially in this day and in this time, where you have many individuals who come with strange understandings, strange beliefs, strange methodologies, those things in which were unknown to the companions, those things that were unknown to the best generation of the Muslim nation ever. As the Prophet ﷺ, he said, خَيْرُ nas qarni." That the best of mankind is my generation, then those who follow them, then those who follow them. So the Sahaba, bila shak wa bila raib, undoubtedly, they are the best of this nation. And there is nothing from good, there is nothing that is wholesome and from virtue, except that they beat us in doing it. Naam? And this naturally is the case because. There is nothing from good that we know about this deen except it has reached us via the bridge of the companions. Because they taught the tabi'un, who taught the etzbet tabi'in, who taught, who taught, who taught, who taught, who taught, until it reached our time. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as such preserved this religion, has preserved this deen. Naam. So there is nothing from good except that they have beaten us in doing doing it. And hence the statement of the poet where he said, Kullu khayr man salaf wa kullu sharr man khalaf. That the all of the good is in following those who have come before and all of the evil is in the innovations of the, the, the latter generations. That all of the evil, it is in the khalaf, yani. it is in the bid'ah from the khalaf, it is in the bid'ah, it is in the innovation of those who have come after these praiseworthy uh, generations. Naam. It also shows you the superiority of the ulama. Because the vast majority of those who are hearing my voice, Wallahu a'la wa a'lam, they have heard this hadith before. Or there are many who have heard this hadith before. But I want each and every person who has heard this hadith before to question themselves and to ask themselves upon hearing this hadith or reading this hadith or Memorizing this hadith. Have you understood and extracted this benefit here that Shaykh Abdul Muhsan Al Abad, Ta'ala, he mentioned? Have we taken notice to this benefit that this shows us the diligence of the companions in learning about their religion? And that there is nothing from good except that they've beaten us in doing it. Has anyone thought about that? Or has, has anyone extracted that benefit previously upon hearing, reading, or memorizing this hadith? And this here is another example that shows us the superiority of the ulama. And the 
basira of the ulama, the insight of the ulama. So those individuals who strive to separate the Muslims from the ulama, they know that these are individuals of little value. These are individuals of little value because when it comes to learning the affairs of our religion, bila shakku bila rayb, the ulama, they have a standing of which the rest of the Muslims, they do not have. So anyone that will try to make you doubt the knowledge, experience, etc., etc., the level and the superiority of the ulama, then this is a person that has malice intent, especially when it comes to speaking about the affairs of the religion. Any individual that will criticize the ulama as relates to a religious affair and then present to you a contradictory opinion that is their opinion, in a sense, want to put the ulama down so as to raise and elevate themselves, then know that this is a shaytan from the shaytan of the human beings. Now, this is a shaytan from the shaytan of the human beings. Because it is as Imam al-Tahawi, he mentions in Aqeedah al-Tahawiyya, where he said, وَلَا يُذْكَرُونَ I'm speaking about the ulama. وَلَا يُذْكَرُونَ إِلَّا بِجَمِيلٍ وَمَنْ ذَكَرَهُمْ بِالسُوءٍ فَهُوَ عَلَى غَيْرِ السَّبِيلٍ And that they, meaning the ulama, they are not mentioned except in terms that are beautiful, except with handsome statements. And whoever mentions them with evil, then he is not upon the way. Then he is not upon the way. Now it is known that Ahlul Sunnah, we do not blind follow anyone. But in not blind following anyone, we still maintain their respect for the ulama. Even when we differ with them because one of the ulama or a number of the ulama have corrected an opinion of others of the ulama and we agree with this group from the ulama and not that group from the ulama, we still maintain respect and we still acknowledge their superiority and their level of virtue over us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is just an example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He commands us, He says, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people of knowledge if you don't know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to ask the people of knowledge when we don't know. This within itself is from those proofs and evidences that establish the superiority of knowledge and of the holders of knowledge. Is that they, Allah Ta'ala tells us to ask them. Allah Ta'ala didn't tell us to ask just any old individual. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He did not tell us to ask the avid worshipper. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He didn't tell us to ask this one and that one. No, Allah Ta'ala told us when we don't know, Ask those who know, those who have ilm, those who have knowledge. Naam. So it is a must that we remind people of this because we live in a time, especially due to the rise of social media, when everyone who has a mouth feels his opinion needs to be heard. Naam. And it has become rampant, those individuals who are speaking ill of the ulama. Uh, and the like. And this is regardless of what the statements may be. Those are the ulama of 
the govern uh, of the government. Nah? Those are government scholars. Nah? Those are scholars. They only know about uh, uh, menstruation and postpartum uh, bleeding, so on and so forth. They say things like this. Subhanallah. But to show, as one of the ulama they mentioned, they said we know that this. They say this in order to try to put the ulama down. But let's examine this. For example, upon its face value. These individuals who will say the likes of this, these are those who they are illustrating their ignorance. Because when it comes to menstruation, when it comes to postpartum bleeding, and so on and so forth, how many affairs of fiqh are linked to them? The salat, understanding properly the salat, you have to know about the, uh, the different types of bleeding, and so on and so forth, menstruation, uh, postpartum bleeding, to the end of it. You have to know about it. It's connected to the fiqh of the salat. It's also connected to the fiqh of Siyam. It's also connected to the fiqh of Hajj and Umrah. So on and so forth. Naam. There are many abawab from the abawab al-fiqh that having deep knowledge about this it, yani, is directly impactful upon an individual. And then for those yani, for those females who are misguided naam, and who speak ill of the ulama from the standpoint and say oh they only know about this and that. The reality is that you find the ulama they are more knowledgeable about the affairs of menstruation than these women. Now, the ulama are more knowledgeable about the affairs of menstruation than what? Than the, than the vast majority of women. Do you see that? Establishing. Because when they have questions, is this istihada or not? Who do they go and ask? They go and ask the ulama. If they would say, well, we are the ones who experience it, we know best, then why would they need to ask the early man, what type of blood is this? Is this the blood of menstruation? Is this the blood of istihada? What type of blood? What's the description? And so on and so forth. Should I pray? Should I not pray? I don't know. Huh? They have to ask the early man. Now, they have to ask the early man. And this is an affair that what? That it is upon them. This is their individual responsibility. So now you want to put the ulama down and you want to criticize them for knowing more about your individual responsibility than even you yourself while you are indulging and speaking about things in which are not your business anyway. What ruler so-and-so is doing is not your business. What statesman so-and-so is doing is not your business. It's none of your business. Right? It's just food for thought. hal. The Shaykh he goes on and he mentions, he says, وَهَذَا السُّؤَالِ مِنْ سُفْيَانِ بِنْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَى عَنْهُ وَاضِحُ فِي ذَلِكَ He said in that this question from Sufyan bin Abdullah رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَى عَنْهُ It is a very clear example of this. That what? That the Sahaba, they were very keen and diligent in asking about the religion and that they beat us to every good. They, they, they beat us in every good, to every good. Naam. Either... Uh, إذ سأل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم على هذا السؤال العظيم when he asked the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم this tremendous question نعم when he asked the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم this tremendous question and I want you to think about this as well the Sahaba asked questions better than us even when we have the opportunity to meet with the ulama and we understand and we respect and we know their virtue and their value and so on and so forth and we know enough yeah, and you have enough sense to try to ask questions that are beneficial for our religion, you find that what 
our questions are not even as good as the questions of the Sahaba. The Sahaba asked way better questions than we ask. And we benefit from the answers and from the questions in which that they had asked, and the whole nation benefits from it. Now, they even ask better questions than us. So let us remember the state, the, yani the status of the Sahaba. This question is tremendous. Of which he, yani he wanted an answer that was concise and precise, that was clear and that was concise, yani it, it, it covered much. Of which he did not need to ask anybody after the Prophet about this. Of which he did not need to ask anyone after the Messenger of Allah about this. As it comes in in, in, in a riwayah, uh, where he said, لا أسألوا عنه أحدا بعدك that I, I don't have to ask anybody after than you. And this narration, in this wording, rather, rather, it says, and I don't have to ask anyone other than you. Now, both narrations are acceptable in their change uh, and uh, in So the Prophet he responded to this noble Sahabi, and he had a Sahabi, this noble Sahabi, with Jawab, Qaneel, and love, Wasi'ah. <clears throat> he responded with the answer that was small in phrase but vast in meaning. Small in phrase but vast in meaning. And this was from the, 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 the concise speech of the Prophet that which is categorized by having very short expressions, few words that carry vast meanings. فقال, وسلم, so the Prophet وسلم, he said, قول, Say, بالله, Say, I believe in Allah and then become upright. Is that he told this noble Sahabi to articulate with his tongue, he commanded him to articulate with his tongue his belief in Allah, which encompassed also belief in him, the Prophet. So by believing in Allah, it also encompassed the belief in him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa bima anhu fi kitabin, and that which he has brought, na'am, and that which he has brought from the book of Allah, and to believe that which is inside of the book of Allah, wa fi sunnati rasulihi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and that which is inside of the sunnah of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I believe this is what is what is intended and uh, I misread and misunderstood. Let's go back. He said, our first thought. Is that he commanded him 
to articulate with his tongue the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that encompassed and incorporated and consisted of belief in him, Allah azza wa jal, and that which has come on him inside of his book, inside of Allah's book, and that which has come in the sunnah of his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which thus includes what? Iman in the Prophet وسلم, as well. ذلك, so what enters into this and umur al the internal affairs wal umur al zahira all of the religion. All of the religion enters into this. When you say, say I believe in Allah, then all of the religion enters into this. Belief in Allah Azza wa Jal. Belief in the Quran and the guidance of the Quran. Belief in his messenger وسلم, and the guidance of in the guidance in the sunnah of the Prophet Belief in all of the prophets and the messengers. Belief in the angels. Belief in yani, the books. Belief in the day of judgment. Belief in qadr khayrihi wa sharrih. Belief in total. It encompasses all of the beliefs. So a jami'uddin. All of the religion. All of the religion is included. When you say, قُلْ آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ Say, I believe in Allah. Because as aforementioned and taken in previous classes, what? All of the iman follows the iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the iman in the mana'ika, it follows, we have to first believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The belief in the books, we have to first believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it follows it. The belief in the day, in the belief in the prophets, it, yani, it follows what we believe in Allah Ta'ala. We have to believe in Allah first. If we don't believe in Allah, you can't believe in the prophets. Now, if you don't believe in Allah, you can't believe in what's next. What? The day of judgment. If you don't believe in Allah, you can't believe in Qadr. So all of the belief follows first believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the one who does not speak on his own authority. When Jibreel asked the Prophet sallallahu ya Muhammad fakhbiri anil Islam. Oh Muhammad, tell me about Islam. What did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa say? Ah, excuse me. Ya Muhammad fakhbiri anil iman. Oh Muhammad, inform me about iman. What did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say? He said, wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rusulihi. Now, to the end of the statement of the Prophet it is to believe in Allah and in what? His angels and in his books and in his messengers. Now, so it's all going what? Back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because that is the origin. If you don't believe in Allah, then you're not going to believe in any of the other articles of faith. Now, and if you quote unquote did for argument's sake, it wouldn't count anyway. All right? Okay? hal. So it's understood by saying, قُلْ آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ I believe in Allah. Meaning that an individual is establishing and acknowledging openly his iman in all of the religion. Those affairs that are hidden, al-bawqina, the hidden internal affairs, and those affairs that are open and apparent. Naam? So all of the all of the religion. iman because iman, naam? because here what is meant, say I believe. So belief is mentioned. iman, and this is a review. So we're gonna go through it yani, without much uh, comments. iman wal Islam because Iman and Islam, they are from those articulations, from those expressions, from those words, 
that when they are brought together, that when they are brought together, mentioned in the same context, then the meanings will separate between them. Islam will mean one thing and Iman will mean another thing. Iman When they're brought together, then Iman, it, refer, it refers to the internal affairs. When they're mentioned together in the same context, then Iman refers to the internal affairs. Islam al-umur al-zahira. And Islam means the external affairs, the, the apparent affairs. That's when they're mentioned together. But when they are mentioned separately, if they come in separate contexts, they're mentioned by themselves. Like here, just Iman is mentioned. Naam. Then at that case, it will include the internal affairs and the external affairs. So when Iman is mentioned by itself, then what, it, then what does it mean? All of the religion. All of the religion. All of Islam. And when Islam is mentioned by itself, then what does it mean? All of the religion. Including what? The affairs of Iman. So when they're brought together, they have individual meanings. And when they separate, each one means all of Islam, all of the religion. Now, as we hear. So again, the Prophet ﷺ saying, Qul, billah, Say, I believe in Allah, then this, this is establishment of the belief in what? All of the religion. All of the religion. Now, And after believing in all of the religion, And having a certainty, about the deen and being firm upon that then he was commanded to be upright he was commanded to be upright in the religion and this is a good reminder that what that because again it Belief, it encompasses the internal and external. Now, it encompasses the internal and the external. Because Iman and the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, nunat. Because Iman with Ahlul Sunnah is khamsa nunat. Now, Al Iman, Qawlun bil Lisan. Qawl bil Lisan. Amal bil Arkan. I'tiqad al Janan. Iman is a belief in the, uh, is a statement of the tongue. Statement of the tongue. Actions of the limbs. Belief in the heart. It goes up when one is obedient to the most merciful, Ar-Rahman, Allah Azza And it goes down when one obeys uh, the shaytan. Now, this is Iman. is incumbent, especially now. Especially now for those who have been affected by the West. Those who have been affected by liberalism. Those who believe that my, my, my faith is only something that is inside my heart. But when it comes to my limbs externally, I don't got to do nothing about 
يعني, uh, that the deen commands, or that Allah Ta'ala commands me to do inside the, the deen. I don't have to do none of that. I don't have to pray. I don't have to fast Ramadan. I don't, I don't have to. Yani, I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to. To the end of it. But I'm a good Muslim. Bulbi up, y'all. You hear it all the time, right? My heart is white. I got a, I got a good heart. I'm a good person. I got strong faith. Yani, imani qawi. Kaif, yani. How? How is your iman strong? And you can't get up to pray salah. How you got strong iman? You can't pray salah? You got strong iman? Yes, salam. Huh? You understand? So the point is, yani, is that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi didn't tell him, just say you believe in Allah. Just believe. Because that's what these people in essence are saying. Just believe. Just believe and you'll be a good Muslim. No. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Then become upright. Then become upright. Then become upright on your religion. Pray your prayers. Your, your obligatory prayers and voluntary prayers. Pray, 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 pray some of them too. Just pray at night time. Stand up and pray Qiyam Pray with. Huh? So on and so forth. Now, fast, your obligatory fast in the month of Ramadan. And then throughout the year, fast, voluntary fast as well. Monday, Thursday, the white, the white uh, days, uh, so on and so forth. Now, to the end of it, we have to establish the religion. Be upright. Tell the truth. Don't lie. Be honest. Don't cheat. Keep your uh, uh, contracts and your agreements. Don't be treacherous and break the contracts and break agreements, so on and so forth. Establish the rights that others have upon you. Don't oppress anyone. Don't deny them their rights or prevent them from what is rightfully and doofully theirs. To the end of it, be good to your parents. Be good to your children. Be good to your spouse. So on and so forth. Establish the religion. Now I'm establishing. Then become upright. Now, so the Prophet said, he commanded him to become upright. يعني بالاستقامة على هذا الحق والهدى واستمرار على ذلك to be upright upon this truth be upright upon this guidance and then to be consistent upon that كما قال الله سبحانه وتعالى as Allah Ta'ala he says يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون oh as Allah Ta'ala he says what translated means oh you who believe oh you who believe Fear Allah as he should be feared. And do not die except that you are Muslims. Fear Allah as, as he should be feared and don't die except you're Muslim. So istiqama, it is not something that is yani, uh, for a, a period of time. Right? Two, three weeks, four weeks, 40 days, you upright. Then that, you don't got to do no more. No, 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 no. It's, to, it's until you die. It's until you die. Now, ain't. Be consistent Be consistent upon obedience unto Allah and being obedient until yani, his messenger ajal until you meet your end, until you die. You that you die and you're in a good state. You die and you're in a good state. Okay? I want us to reflect upon this. Remember I said I want everyone to look at this and think about this hadith as it relates to themselves. As it relates to their children. And as it relates to how this could be implemented by their progeny. What do I mean by that? I mean by their grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren, so on and so forth. Because what is required from the believers is... 
sustainability upon the deen. So now I ask those who are living in the West. I ask those who are living in the West. Naam. Whether they're here by choice or by circumstance. Regardless. Those in the West. Whatever reason that they're here. The mere fact that they're here. Those who are here. Period. What are we doing to establish that which will aid and lend to the sustainability of the religion amongst our progeny? Now, amongst our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, so on and so forth. What are we doing? Now, and this is a question that I'm asking and I'm pretty sure those who know, know. And they know what is needed yani, for the likes of the establishment of this. So, of course, first and foremost, it comes to mind what? We need masajid. Nah, we need masajid. Masajid that are established. Not masajid that we're renting. Not masajid, yani, you know, leasing. No, no, no. We need masajid established. The, the land bought, the building purchased, so on and so forth. Why? Because anything that is rented is temporary. Now, it's rented as temporary, right? And for for yeah, and it's not to knock any of the massages that are renting because what is temporary. Most massages that are established at one point rented. Now, so renting is not a problem. But if we understand this is temporary, this is only what we're doing for right now until we can do more. Now, but the point is, is that the communities have to help and come together to help them do more, and the communities have to understand and to remember that this is temporary it's not permanent we're not here forever so maintaining the status quo of just paying the rent right is not going to cut it because we're not trying to stay here we're trying to move on to a situation that we own so that it can be passed down from the muslim generation to muslim generation to muslim generation and it's there not that we're renting and then soon as yani we reach they can't pay rent, that's it, they get kicked out. The master used to be there, not there no more. You understand? So we have to have this in mind, that paying the rent and doing the basis is not enough. Now, unfortunately, in many cases, as we know, the masajid are doing, are doing rough financially. Why? Because people are not giving. They're not spending fees of any lot. So it's a struggle even to do the basics, which is not enough. It's a struggle even to do that. The point is, is that we have to become more serious. So I, I challenge myself and everybody who hears my voice at any point, at any time, whether it's tomorrow, 10 years from now, or Allahu A'lam, when? If you hear my voice and the situation still is as it is, I challenge you to become serious, to take on the responsibility, to see what it is you can do to help to the best of your ability, to see that the Islam is established, to see that Islam is established with masajid, with schools, with daycares, with learning centers, with recreational centers. So our children, they have a place where they can play. They can get physical, yani, you know, uh, exercise. Yani. They can get exercise. 
right? So on and so forth. But they can play and have fun. They can play and have fun in a halal environment. They don't have to go down to the local park and play basketball with a bunch of kuffar that's cussing, playing music, intermingling with boys and girls, taking drugs, smoking cigarettes, and all that type of stuff. Our children shouldn't have to be exposed to that just because they want to play soccer. Just because they want to play basketball. They shouldn't have to be exposed to that. Our women should not have to be exposed to taking our children to parks like that just because they want to push our children on the swings. Or because they want to play on the merry-go-round. Or the jungle gym. So on and so forth. They should not have to be exposed to that. Period. They should not have to be exposed to potentially the kuffar abusing them and speaking ill to them because they don't like the sight of them. We should have to expose them. Why are we going to put our women in that type of situation? Does it not it make more sense to when we have plans to establish the masajid to make sure we have a masjid that has enough land that we have our own playground. We have our own little park therein. So our families are not exposed unnecessarily to, to stuff. Right? All the way to the end of it. From businesses, from medical facilities, so on and so forth. I want you to reflect everything that as Muslims you complain about that comes from the ills of living in the West. Look to see what you can do to fix it. Look to see what you can do to help. Period. Because if not, and I'm, I'm being real, I'm being very honest. I want you to be honest with yourself. If not, our great, 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 great grandchildren, how are they going to implement this hadith? And if we remain like we are right now, are they even going to care about this hadith? Wallahu a'la wa a'la. Wassalamu But are they going to care? Now before you answer, before you answer, to yourself. <laughs> Those Muslims who came here from their countries, or those Muslims who accepted Islam. I want you to look at the state of their children. Are they better Muslims than their parents or are they worse? Right? Generally. Now we got some exceptions. But I mean the general rule. The vast majority. Are they better Muslims or are they worse? Who's more religious? Those who accepted Islam or their children? Who's more religious? The parents who came here or their children? Then I want you to look at the next generation. The grandchildren of those who accepted Islam, typically speaking, how does their religion look? The grandchildren of those who immigrated here, how does their religion look? That's it, just the grandchildren. Most cases, we don't got you know examples of great great granny. Maybe they real little right now, but like that's because these because these these within this demographic, those are the ones who pray with us, those ones we interact with, those ones we see at their aid, so on and so forth. Huh? Think about the Eid. When the Eid come, you see people that you ain't seen all year, and that's probably the only time you see them. It's two times a year at the Eid. Think about how the youngsters be rolling up. Think about it. Think about it. Think about a lot of those youngsters, where that if you didn't know them from the masjid and you ran into them in the supermarket, would you know they was Muslim? Food for thought. The Sheikh, he goes on and he mentions, he says, وَقَدْ بَيَّنَ اللَّهِ 
عز وجل في كتابه ثواب من آمن واستقام الله تعالى he explains and he tells us the uh, the benefit يعني, and the reward of those who say they believe in Allah and then or they, يعني, they profess their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then they become upright فقال الله تعالى so Allah تعالى he says إن الذين قالوا ربنا الله ثم استقاموا تتنزل عليهم الملائكة that those who say that they believe in Allah and then they become upright يعني when I say those who say I mean those who profess those who profess I don't want anyone to misunderstand because I know in English at times يعني you can you say say and it's يعني it's like a person that's claiming you know what I mean oh yeah he said he got you know whatever he said he caught a big fish last time right but it was a guppy right oh yeah he, he said he caught a big fish you know like this but no no what means here what it mean, they, they profess their belief Naam, they, 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 they're serious and it's a true statement they profess their belief it says and that those who they profess their belief that they believe in Allah Ta'ala and then they become upright angels will descend upon them angels come down to them see this is from the benefits of believing correctly and then being upright upon the religion that angels will come down to them when? when they die at the time of death death is scary okay death is extremely scary this is a scary time right now. You know, anytime you're, you're in a situation where everything about that situation is outside of your control, I mean, which is all the time, if you really understand, but adequately had, you totally have nothing, right? That's scary. The time of death is like that. Whether you want to die, you don't want to die. You, 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 you're dying. It's a wrap. It's over. You want more time? No. You have no options. You have no choice. It's a very scary situation. You don't know. What's, 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 what's coming? You don't know what's going to happen to those you leave behind. At this time, from the benefits of being upright on the religion, of believing correctly and being upright on the religion, angels come down at this time. And they come as givers of glad tidings to the believers. They tell the believer, don't be scared. Don't be scared. The early man they mention, they say, what does this mean? Don't be scared about what's coming. You're okay. Don't be scared about what's coming. تحزنوا. And don't be sad. Don't be sad. What does that mean? Don't be sad about what you're leaving. Your family, they'll be alright. Right? The believers, they, they will be united in Jannah. Don't worry about what you're leaving. Don't be scared about what's coming. You see? This is the reward for, the, for, for who? For those who they profess their belief in Allah, they believe correctly, and then they are upright. Is that just it? No. وَأَبَوْ شِرُوا And they give them glad tidings. Have glad tidings. Be happy right now. We come with good news. We have some good news for you. With what? بِالْجَنَّةِ We have some good news for you. You're going to Jannah. We have some good news for you. You're going to Jannah. Ultimately, Ultimately, the end, after everything is said and done, you're going to Jannah. Now, it's for who? It's for the believers. It's for who? For those who, in the dunya, they said they were upright, and then, I mean, excuse me, they said they believe, and then they were upright. I know you want to hear this, and I know you want those who you love to hear this upon their deaths. Now, so the question is, what are we doing to help them 
be upright upon their religion in their life. What are we doing to help them learn the proper belief while they are alive? Now, and he said, "Whatever she will be and and to have glad tidings of the Jannah of which you were afore promised." As this ayah can be found in Surah Fusilat. And it's verse number 30. Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala, he says, And those who say that they believe in Allah and then they are upright, there is no fear upon them, nor will they be sad. No fear upon them, why? Why? Because they believe they were upright. Because they believe they were upright, but no fear, meaning no fear of what? What's to come? Naam. And and don't be sad about what? Don't be sad about what you're leaving behind. You're okay, you're gonna be good. Naam. Allah Ta'ala says, Ula'ika Ashabul Jannah. These are the people of Jannah. Those who say what? Those who say they believe in Allah, they have correct belief, and they are upright. Naam. And I have to say it because this I, I have to yeah, I mean, subhanAllah I gotta point it out. Those who believe correct. Right? And they're upright on the religion. They're the companions of Jannah. They're going to be the people of Jannah. They believe correct. They have good aqidah. Their aqidah is sahiha. Right? Their aqidah is sahiha. That means in the dunya, they took the time to learn about their religion. They took the time to learn about their creed. They took the time to learn about their belief. Right? So what value is the individual that will come and say, don't teach the people Aqidah? What is the value in that person? That person is not worth their weight in salt. Period. That person is not worth their weight in salt. Because how are you going to tell people and discourage them from learning about their belief when believing correctly is essential to being from the people of Jannah and from being given this glad tidings when you die. How are you going to tell people to worry about Aqidah? It separate the people. Subhanallah, we're not supposed to talk about Aqidah and separate the people. So what unites the people? Politics? We all from the same political party that's going to unite the people? We all come together and agree to talk about the, the, the rulers that unites the people? We all come together and worry about dunya and, 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 and importing chandeliers from Turkey and so on and so forth and a carpet from I don't know where. That, that unites the people. Everybody don't worry about practicing your religion. Do what you want, how you want. We agree upon what we agree upon and then the things that we don't agree upon that we forgive each other for. No call to good, no forbid evil. That unites people. That unites people. If that unites people, then why in the world the Americans ain't united? When it's a do what you want society. Why are they not united? Come together under the under, under, under yeah, I need the flag and we all patriots and so on and so forth. And at the end of the day, Americans and they ain't united. No, not at all. Matter of fact, right now they're most divided than Yanni. Yeah, <laughs> very clear. Very much divided. So that Ikhwani Dawa, because that's all that is. That's that 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 Ikhwani Dawa. We come together on what we agree upon and we forgive each other about what we differ over. And, you know, that's that. That ikhwani da'wah, it leads nowhere but to destruction. As could be seen 
whenever they reach positions of authority and of power, what have we seen in, in the result? Nothing but chaos and corruption. The deen was not established because that is not their concern. And that's what's real. But in any event, Allah Ta'ala, he says that those who believe correctly and they are upright in the religion, that they will be in Jannah for, for how long? Allah Ta'ala, he says, خَالِدِينَ fiha, They'll be there forever. Naam. جَزَاءً بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ This is a reward because of what you used to do. That's why you got to be upright. Naam. Because of what you used to do. You used to pray. Right? You didn't skip your prayers. You didn't say, oh, I pray five times some days. Some days I pray three times. Some days I pray four. Some days three. Some days I don't pray. Nah, you're not gonna, it's not going to work like that. No, you got to pray five times a day every day, at least. You understand? You have to be upright on your religion. You have to put the work in. Period. You have to put the work in. You want to go to Jannah? Act like it. The Shaykh, he goes on to mention four points of benefit that we learn from this hadith. As we know, there are a lot of other points of benefit, but he wants to highlight four points in particular. He mentions the first point, he says, the diligence of the Sahaba on asking questions about the affairs of their religion. This is the first thing that, that, that highlight that jumps out at us when we look at this narration. The second point of benefit that jumps out at us when we look at this narration is the beautiful question. That Sufyan bin Abdullah he asked, which points to the yeah it points to his outstanding intellect because that was an excellent question, right? That was an excellent question. They say that the question is half a knowledge. You ask a good question, you're gonna get some good answers, right? You ask a bad question, you're gonna get an answer for it. Maybe not your situation. How many times people like that? Now, the, the answer of something will emanate from the question. If I painted the wrong picture, I'm going to get the wrong answer. Meaning I'm going to get an answer that's not, that, that, that's not applicable to me. It doesn't apply to me. right? If I want to get the right answer, i got to ask the right question. If, I, if, if, if my issue, for example, if my issue is with oranges, I can't ask a question about grapefruit. Because you're going to answer me about grapefruit. Now I've got an answer I can't really work with because I'm dealing with oranges. Make sense? Simple and example, but inshallah ta'ala. Yeah. So it points to the, his superior intellect. What of the betin, if you will see it, and his desire to have a very concise answer, very concise, outstanding answer that, covered, that covers much. The, the third thing that points out is the Iman in Allah Azza wa Jal. Imanu billah bima ja'a fi kitabihi wa sunnati rasulihi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is that we believe in Allah and that which has come inside of his, uh, his book and inside of the sunnah of his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Naam. It's a very important point. Because of, in order to be successful, we have to believe in what? The Quran and the sunnah. Naam. Upon whose understanding? Upon the understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah. Upon the understanding of the Sahaba. Naam. And those who followed them in good. The last point, highlighted point that the Shaykh wants to mention and to highlight is that being upright upon the religion 
and being upon guidance, being upon the truth and being upon guidance, Yahamakullah. Being upon the truth and being upon guidance, then this is something that is a constant until a person reaches the end of their life. Until they reach the end of their life. You have to be upright until you die. And then we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless all of us to those who believe correctly and then are upright upon their religion and who are steadfast upon that until they die. Amen. And then the Shaykh moves on to the next hadith. Hadith yani, that is tremendous, which further highlights the fact that we have to put in the work, we have to do what we are commanded to do, and that is the bare minimum. Doing what we are commanded to do, that is the bare minimum. Naam. So it is as if Imam al-Nawawi, after bringing his hadith, goes on to highlight by bringing the next hadith to show us what is the minimum, what is the minimum that could be done in order to be successful, which is a total refutation upon all of those people who all them sometimes be Muslims. I pray sometimes. I fast some of the days of Ramadan. No, it's not going to cut it. Period. It's not going to cut it. What's the lead? The next hadith. Inshallah, we'll get into that next uh, next week. Inshallah, Ta'ala. صلى الله عليه وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرا